Testing, testing, one, two, three, folks. Welcome back to the program. Episode number 39, the Doug Gilmore episode. The Calgary Flames version of Doug Gilmore. I think a lot of people would remember him as number 93. But he is a Stanley Cup champion with the Calgary Flames in 1989. The only cup he ever did win. A little bit of a sad story for such an, an, an you know illustrious career, but he did get that Stanley Cup under his belt. So um, I don't think a lot of people would think of number 39 when you think of Doug Gilmore, but I always have because I associate that Stanley Cup he won. That's what I think of. Greatness. They say he was so tired when he won that cup, he could barely even lift the thing up. Wonder why? Because he gave it his all. There's a, little, there's a lesson to be learned there, okay? Think about it. Um, folks... Kind of a shit show the last couple of weeks. I'm not going to lie. I've cleaned it up. I've got my act back together. We are back under regular scheduled programming. I'm sure my listenership took a hit from this, but you know what? It wasn't great to begin with, so who cares, all right? You live and you learn. Um, it's quite comical. I've um, Since I got into podcasting, which is a couple years ago now, several years ago now, and um, not that I've done a bunch of it, but you know, I've done quite a few episodes, almost 100 and combined over all the projects I've worked on and I've just never put like any effort into editing I just said I, I wasn't good at it and it wasn't for me and um, I was always re- in through the project um, the last episode was the, the first time I ever edited an episode with uh, like a, a guest usually what I would do with uh, with those I would record them I'd get all the files saved separately <clears throat> and I would send them to my friend Matt Donnelly who lives in Halifax and he would piece them all together for me, and um, we'd get them sorted, and then we'd be on our way. But um, you know, you can't really rely on someone when you're not able to pay them anything, or you know, you're just kind of asking for favor over and over and over again. It's not really sustainable. So um, you know, after much deliberation, I finally took an afternoon and I sat down and uh, did some YouTube investigation, and I figured out how to make it happen myself. So I apologize for the delays that that happened with episode number 38, but um, it's kind of comical that it took me about literally not even an afternoon to figure out something that I put off for over a year. But we're back in the driver's seat now. Um, Literally no excuses. Um, The sky is the limit, but we won't even stay within that, all right? So um, we're we're buzzing now, episode number 39. Had a hilarious week. Uh, very hilarious. Pretty sure I did mention the tent trailer that I did purchase a couple weeks ago, but there was a little bit of a lull in the work schedule with roofing, and uh, we had a couple jobs that didn't line up because of some backed up materials. So we had a couple days where we were supposed to be working, when, which we ended up not. So we had some free time, and during this, I uh, had a little cash in my pocket, little jingle in my jean, if you will. And I convinced myself that I wanted to buy a tent trailer. And by doing so, I was going to just buy it and maybe hold on to it for the summer. I just wanted something to do. It was kind of, you know, I've always wanted one of those. I wanted one of the pop-up tent trailers, something that you could just pull around, you know, just, you know, get get off the ground, you know, just, you know, go hang out by the fire. Then when you're done, you know, you, you know, you get your head off the ground. You don't have to sleep in a tent. It's a little bit of an upgrade. I thought that would be the way to go. I thought, you know, maybe this is going to be another summer where there's not going to be a ton going on. So maybe camping will be a good opportunity to get a little bit more into that. So my girlfriend was very unimpressed when I told her that I was doing so, but I did it. I went on Kijiji and I bought this trailer. It was listed for $12.50 
and I just messaged the guy. This is what you have to do on Kijiji. It's it's no bullshit. Don't ask them if it's available still. Like no one wants to hear that. Half the time when people do that, no one even replies. So what I just did was I just messaged the guy. He had it listed for twelve fifty. I said I have eight hundred cash. I'll bring it tomorrow and I'll take it. And he said that could work. He said you know what that could, that could work. So the next day I drove down there. It was just out. It wasn't far from me. Twenty twenty five minutes from where I was and. I uh, went and saw it. I'm an idiot. I barely looked at the thing. I think I poked my head in it. I probably looked at it for a combined four and a half minutes, asked probably zero questions. Um, this thing was pretty hilarious though. Like it was a 1986 trailer. I mean, it needed some work. I mean, you, you, you get what you pay for, for $800. So I wasn't going to get anything cheaper than that. So I kind of just took it and ran and um, I wanted to go clean it out a bit. And I ended up ripping open the floor. And uh, me and my buddy, my buddy Roby there, who, who I work with, who's been on the show, friend of the program, um, he, we rip open the floor there and it's an anthill. There's a legitimate anthill in the floor. Like you can see like the paths in the wood that they've like gnawed out and they have like little trails of them. There was so many of them, like these big, black, juicy ants. So um, upon that investigation, we're like, okay, well, no one's ever spending a single night in this thing. So we had ripped the floor out. We cleaned it all out. There was mouse shit for days. Uh, got rid of all that. Uh, we patched up the tent holes. Uh, probably took us about four hours of work, but we made it look decent. Like it looked really good actually by the time we were done with it. But still, like there was something about seeing it in the condition that we saw it that we were never going to be the ones to enjoy it. And now I bought it originally 800 up front, but Roby, my working pal, my boss, if you will, ended up going halves on it with me. So then me and him put a couple hundred more into, into material. It came up to be a $1,200 investment altogether, including the 800. We put $400 on top of it. So we were sitting at about $1,200 spent on this trailer. And then um, I put it back up on Kijiji trying to get it for sale and I mean, anyone that's done that or especially Facebook Marketplace, Facebook Marketplace is, is definitely the worst because it works so much better than Kijiji. Like Kijiji is literally, in my eyes, almost completely irrelevant. Like I use, especially when you maybe post two of the same thing. Like if you post, like I posted the trailer on Facebook and Kijiji, I got like literally like seven to one messages off Facebook compared to Kijiji. Like it's funny because it's, now that Facebook just making that marketplace available, it's like now Kijiji is totally irrelevant. Like it can do every, it just, Facebook's wild, man. Facebook just crushes things, but it just, it just killed the need for Kijiji to even be a thing. But it's funny because I actually found the trailer I bought was actually on a Kijiji ad. I didn't find it on Facebook. So, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. Like you can look both places. You're going to find it. Chances are both things are posted in both places, but definitely Facebook marketplace, it works out better. And, I think it, it was, it was, I put it up on like a Thursday night or something like that. We were hoping it was for the long weekend. I think it was, it was May long weekend is when I first put it up for sale. Millions of people were messaging me. Then it wasn't, it was a couple of days later. I had two people come see it in the same day. Like one guy rolled up to see it. And this is the best part to it, to come see it. I didn't keep it at the house because I live with my girlfriend and her parents right now. And if I rolled that thing up into the driveway of their place, I would be getting evicted so fast. So that wasn't an option. So I had to keep it at my buddy's place there, convinced it to be kept in his driveway for a bit. 
and we made that work for the time being. So I'm driving out to my buddy's house, basically acting like this is my my address and having these people come see uh, the trailer. First guy tells me, yeah, I'll be there in half an hour. I'm all fired up. I drive me and my girlfriend out there to see him, expecting to sell this trailer and make some coin. The guy pulls up on a motorcycle with his wife on the back of it. And like they were pulling up the driveway, ready to put the kickstand out. And like I half wanted to just yell in the driveway, hey, do you, do you got a hitch on that thing? No, you don't have a hitch? Well, you might as well drive it the fuck down the road then because I don't know what you're here for. This isn't, a, this isn't a showroom. This is a place where we do business. I'm trying to sell you a trailer. I'm not just trying to show you it, all right? So if you're going to waste my time, how about you fuck off? Should have said that. No, showed them the bike though. They loved it. They looked at it. They went home. They never called me back. They didn't like it enough. Uh, later on that day, another girl got in touch with it. She seemed to be young. She comes, she meets me, she's with her boyfriend and her father. The three of them get out of the car. Well, that always pisses me off, you know, because it's the girl who's looking for the trailer. She's the one that's messaged me. She's organized the meetup. And then when it's time to get down to business, she brings in the brass because she won't be able to make that decision on her own. She brings in Papa Bear, who's going to do the bargaining with me. And, you know, they bring that in because, you know, fucking daddy was probably like to her, no, I got to come with you, sweetheart. You know, these Kijiji guys, some guy's going to fucking try to take you for a ride. So anyways, they come and show it. They're very nice people. Very, very nice. Um, <clears throat> I kind of started chatting with the old man maybe too much because we're showing them. I gave him a good once over of the trailer, showed him how it all works, showed them what was wrong with it, showed them what to expect. And then next thing you know, me and the old man are starting to talk. And as I'm talking, they're inside the trailer, girlfriend, boyfriend, just doing a legitimate scour over this thing looking at every detail of it and if, like people people kill me on shit like this like of course they're gonna find something wrong with it it's a fucking trailer from 1986 that's being sold on kijiji like it's not gonna be immaculate like if you took <clears throat> if i gave you a half an hour on anything from 1986 i'm sure you'd find something fucking wrong with it but anyway so i'm sitting there talking to the old man i'm b- pulling stories out of my ass like he's he's telling me that he's a uh, He's a repairman and he does something with like plumbers and it's a, such a joke with the pandemic because they can't get building material and I'm sitting there like deep into some conversation that I have no business in. I'm so good at doing the conversation where you just keep it going by going, oh yeah, though, well, you know, what do you do, right? Oh, you're telling me, man. Oh, isn't that brutal? Ah, fuck, you're saying it. <laughs> Tell me about that, son. Like that guy. So I kept it going that way. Next thing you know, six minutes has gone by and they found out that there was a little, there was a wall, one of the corners of the trailer. Yeah, the wall was a little loose. Like, yeah, it needed to be probably secured on there a little bit. If you gave it a good shake, it, it would definitely not look like it was the most supportive thing ever. And the problem with that was that wall held the door. The door wouldn't close properly. It would just like, it would kind of wave around. You had to like fasten it so that it didn't wave around. It was like this when I bought it. I saw no problem with it, but obviously... These people are going to see some issues with it. I had the trailer listed for $2,500. So, bought it for $800, put a couple hundred into it, $1,200. I I pulled $2,500 out of my ass. I posted it for $2,500. These people are looking at it. I can tell in the back of my head, well, I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to go down a couple hundred dollars here. I don't know what, what, what am I going to say. I'm lying. I'm bullshitting about the door. They clearly see something's wrong. I'm trying to tell them that it's no big deal. Dad saying that he knows it's going to be a couple hundred dollars to fix. It's time to it's time to go to the you know it's time to bargain. It's time to say what the price is. So again, 
Who's doing the bargaining? Not the girl. Not the girl who wants the trailer. She brought in the decision maker. Daddy. Daddy. So daddy's, daddy's sitting there. He's pondering what to do. He needs to, he needs to make, it, make a deal. He looks at me and he says, I'll give you 1600 I said, absolutely not. That's a disgrace that you'd even come up in my driveway and you'd spit in my face with that offer. Sir, thank you, but no thank you. That won't be that. I said, immediately, I start scrambling my head. He, then, then he counters back. I said, no. He goes right to 18 He's like, I'll give you 18 He's like, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be about $500 of work. I know my girl really, really wants his trailer. 18 is what I can do. I said, and this is where I, this is why I love Kijiji because I'm starting to just like, I used to be such a bitch. Like I would never have been able to have these conversations with randoms like five, six years ago. But thankfully with due diligence and experience and exposing myself to these scenarios through workplace experience, I'll call it. I have now acquired the skill set to talk to buffoons like this man. And immediately I came up with a story out of the top of my ass. I just was like, um, well, you know what, sir, I got a guy coming tomorrow. He's never seen the trailer. He's extremely interested though. And he thinks that this is exactly what he's looking for. And he's offered to bring me $2,200 tomorrow. If you give me 2000 right now, you can, you can pull this trailer out of the road here and, and you never have to talk to me again. He starts humming. He starts hawing. The girl starts laughing being like, see dad, this is why I brought you. Cause this is, I, I don't know how to do this. I said, shut up, shut up and let the man think. And he starts humming, he starts hawing, he starts thinking 19 in the back of his head. He starts to say it, he doesn't say it. I probably would have taken it if he said 19, but he doesn't say it. For some reason, the pride of me, I just, I could have had 1800 That would have been $600 profit on the 12, like, we would have made $600 on top of the 1200 we put in. That's like 33% profit or something right off the hop for four hours of work. That would have been amazing. We had it, we would have had it in our possession for days, like tops, and we just made that money, that would have been perfect. But I stayed true to what I believed it was worth, which was 2500 So I told them to F off. And they did. Um, immediately, everyone I knew told me I was the dumbest fuck ever. A couple of my friends, one of my, my good friends, who I go to for a lot of advice, this is what he told me. He says, it's better to make a quick nickel than a slow dime. And I was like, damn it. It's so true. Like, why did I do that? 2500 was a price that I made up on the top of my head. Like, it had no meaning. Like it was an arbitrary price and I'm trying to hold on to it. I should have just taken the quick money, but I didn't. So in my head, I'm just like pissed. And then another week goes by, like people have been, I'm trying to get people to come out and see it. Roby's all over my ass because he wants to sell this thing because he know he wants his money back. He wants to make some coin on this thing. I'm kind of getting pissed off. I think nothing's happening. When you have something for sale on Facebook Marketplace, people just message you and say, hey, is this still available? And then they, and then they never reply. And then you say yes. And then... Not like nothing happens and it drives you fucking up the wall. I think though there's a, like a little glitch that a lot of these things that if you even view them on Facebook Marketplace, you message the person because that's happened to me a lot when I'm just viewing things. Like I'm by accident messaging people if things are available. They're messaging me back if I want it still. I can tell they're like pissed that I haven't replied. I'm like, whoa, bro, I didn't even know I did that. So it's a very tedious process sometimes and that's why I think people flipping stuff online through Marketplace and Kijiji is just not attractive to very many people at all because it's not worth all the bullshit that comes along with it, which is very true and makes a lot of sense. But <clears throat> learning from my, I guess, experiences through the message boards of Kijiji and Marketplace, I was like, I don't want to keep having this, I'm not having them come out here, shake this door and see that it doesn't shut right and not want it and waste more of our time. So 
we were like, but we can't, we can't, we're not going in there and replacing all the wood and doing this like a bang up job. So we're like, we grabbed, not like, they're not Tavcon screws, like the concrete ones, but they were, these were like heavy duty screws, like real big time. And we like jacked up the wheels a little bit. We got the door looking just right. And we threw three screws in that, that wall that was loose with the door on it. Just three. And all of a sudden it was solid as a rock. Looked mint. Place was buzzing. Had some new flooring in it. This place looked mint. And with the door now having those three screws in there securing it. The attention now was not drawn on what could be wrong with this trailer. It was now what is right with it. And that is the beautiful vinyl flooring that we threw in. It looked hilarious. Like this floor looked so out of place. But anyways, we threw these three screws in. It was time to get down to business. Now this one lady, she starts messaging me. She's like getting right into it. I could tell. She's asking me so many questions. I'm like, this is starting to feel a little fishy. But then she's like, would you consider delivery? And as I don't have anyone that I know with a hitch or I don't have a hitch myself yet, I'm going to get one on after we get the trailer. So immediately in my head, I'm like, okay, she doesn't have a hitch. She she knows no one that has a hitch. She probably isn't going to know much about trailers and she's not going to probably be present by a friend or someone that's going to be telling her all this stuff about trailers and how it should work. You know what I mean? So I'm like, this could be a good thing. And um, if I'm doing a delivery, well, she better be buying it when I drop it off in her driveway. Because if not, I'm going to rob her for $2,500 worth of things on her property before I leave. So in my eyes, I'm look, I'm like, this, this looks very, very promising. So I ended up taking it out there to her and um, gave her a once-over, showed her how to put it up. She was there with her husband. Looked like they were both my age, maybe mid-20s, late-20s. They were looking to be smart, educated people. So they were new to the area and they wanted to get into camping. So I ended up showing them the thing. Like, the thing looks in great shape. There's a little bit of fiddle-fucking with the door. And, like, we almost couldn't get it to work properly. And I was literally, before I got it to snap in place, I was 30 seconds away from being like, do you want it for 2000 and we somehow got it to snap into place. And then uh, apart from that, once they saw that it was all good to go, n- no questions asked, no negotiations, no nothing. Buddy just handed me an envelope with 2500 in it. Didn't even, a- didn't even ask for a deal. Didn't even like try and bargain me down at all. I was almost dumbfounded. I couldn't believe it. He didn't even like try and make me an offer. He just paid full price without even like questioning it. Once he saw that everything there was good to go, he took it. And in my head, I'm like, well, thank God I didn't sell it for 1800 a week ago. And I put three screws in it and increased the price by 700 Like, thank cripes I didn't do that. It was honestly hysterical. I, w- I started walking to the car with robes and I was like, you know, like that Ikea commercial? It's like, start the car! Like, that's what I felt like. I was like sprinting away from this guy's, this guy's house. Felt like I committed daylight robbery. It was a rush, though. That was my first, like, cool flipping story, I guess. And... Maybe we're going to start, maybe we're going to take a run at the trailer game. We're going to start start flipping trailers on the side. My, that'll be my rainy day thing. Hopefully not, but that was pretty hilarious. So I guess what I'm trying to say is take a stab at some hilarious project or a little flip online, a little something like that. I think it's it, it was hilarious. It was a good learning experience. And honestly, it was completely worth my time because 
I enjoyed it. I had some fun dealing with these people online, these scumbags who try to fuck you over. This guy messages me the other day. He's like, would you take $1,000 today? I said, no, but you can go fuck yourself. Like, you can say stuff like that on Facebook Marketplace. Like, that's how it works. People love it. But enough of that, folks. I'm recording this on Monday, June 7th. I was going to record it yesterday, but I thought I'd just hold off because I was going to watch the Logan Paul Mayweather fight. And I just knew that I'm not going to get another episode out till next weekend. And if I talked about it next weekend, most of us will have forgotten about many things in our lives and our responsibilities in five days from now because we all have horrific cases of ADHD. So I thought I should just, you know, I'll just do a little revert and I'll talk about the, the episode today, releasing it tonight. Should be out in a couple hours. There should be no complications. I should have this out on perfect time. But I, I watched the, the, the Mayweather fight. Not only did I watch it, I actually paid for it. Which is honestly... You, I couldn't think of something stupider that someone could do at this point in their life than pay for that. But that's exactly what I did. I shouldn't say that my girlfriend actually did. But I'm going to consider that, that I did. But we watched it... And it was a, it was, it was a whole bunch of nothing. I actually, um, I had been drinking a bit, but I fell asleep through round six, six, six and seven. I missed them. I was asleep because once I heard that there was going to be no judge, no final decision, and that the only way really there could have been deemed a winner was a knockout. I mean, like, it's a complete like, uh, I, I, what do you? It's an exhibition clearly, but I wouldn't even say it's like a mockery. It's like, it's, it's hysterical, really. Talk about a money grab, which we already know. But there couldn't have been a judge. There couldn't have been judges. A decision couldn't have been made because of the exactly what just happened. They went the distance. There was no knockout. So this would have been the worst case scenario had there been a judges present to make a decision because they have to give it to Mayweather. Even if, even if like Logan Paul beat him up bad, like they would have had to have gotten it to Mayweather and all the boxing nerds would be arguing, saying that if you knew anything about boxing, it comes down to the score, Mayweather won, yada, yada. Because Mayweather would have had to win because that is the absolute, that would be the worst look ever if they had judges and it was a legit sanctioned fight, everything went perfect and and Logan Paul won. Because that's just, the sport of boxing has everything to lose in that instance. It's just it, it would it would just hurt the absolute integrity. You couldn't have a guy selling Pokemon cards, um, who started out by ripping off tearaway pants and wearing a wrestling uniform in movie theaters, um, and pretending to square off with people. You couldn't have that guy become a boxer that just beat who was supposed to be the modern day heavyweight, not heavyweight, but hot, modern day boxing champ of the world. It's a terrible look. It, it couldn't happen. So this was just a complete money grab, which we which we all understand. And I'm seeing multiple clips of. I saw a video today of a fella. Him and his friend paid seven fifty a seat for the Mayweather fight, which is absurd. Seven fifty a seat, assuming that they were in the second row. That's what their tickets advertised. But when they got there, I forget what was it. Hard Rock Stadium is that where it was? I'm not even sure where that is. NFL Stadium. But they were in the second row of the stadium seating. And then you know how like the ring was at the center of what the field would be. So then there was that whole other like 100 yards of, of floor seating in front of them. They showed us their view from their 750. They literally couldn't even see the ring. You had to watch the Jumbotron. And there was not even a PA announcer 
for the people that were actually present in the uh, in the arena, in the in the stadium. Like, what if it's just a joke, man? It, it really is a joke, and I think we know that this fight was a joke. This fight is a huge money grab, and that we we know that majority of the people hate the Paul brothers, like hate them. I definitely say people hate Jake a lot more. Uh, definitely Logan's more likable guy, less one that you want to fucking smash in the head. But I, I actually gained a little bit of respect through this last couple of weeks for them is because, well, especially Logan, you know, and Logan, know, I feel like Logan Paul knew, like, he was pretty grateful just being like, hey, I'm getting the chance just to do this. Like, this is cool. Like, I've already won in my eyes. That's great. Jake Paul, he's a little bit more of a cunt, we'll say. I'll even go ahead and say that. But that's how he sells. Like, that's how, he, that's how he's gotten to be where he is. Like, that's his gimmick. That's, that's his thing. But I heard him on a podcast the other day, the Tim Dillon podcast, which is, I mean, if there's nothing like cult-like literature, it's, Tim, it's anything coming out of Tim Dillon's mouth that I think uh, if you're going to follow and do anything exactly as someone says, it's not Joe Rogan, it's Tim Dillon is who you should listen to. Um, but anyways, he, he's on their show there and, and he, was, he was talking and it was at the Bitcoin convention down in Miami. They had him up on stage with the Winklevoss twins. From like the remember the social dilemma those two those twin dickheads who tried to make Facebook, um, and and Tim Dillon who uh, had a hilarious like they made it into a podcast that was released on his show and Jake Paul was on it and he's talking and when he's actually not trying to be a dick like you know selling his fights or getting saying outlandish things to get them to blow up on social media he seems like could be so, taken seriously as somewhat of an intelligent person. But I actually, what what I didn't know, and I guess through hearing him on this podcast, was more so, obviously not completely his goal and not his end goal. But I guess, kind of a viewpoint from his side of why they're trying to do this, getting involved with all this fighting bullshit in the first place. Because you know, it obviously from a traditional standpoint of the sport and how things have been run in the past historically. I mean, you, it, you could totally say that these guys are just making a mockery of the sport. But what they are doing is they're just disrupting traditional ways that things have been done. And he kind of just took a couple shots at the UFC. And I guess I never really thought about it this way. Like, he was taking a shot at the monopoly that is the UFC. And, you know, what Dana White's accomplished with creating that. The super force that it is. The fucking mega giant that is MMA. What they say is the fastest growing sport in the world. Which I can't believe that's true. I feel like everyone is such a so soft these days. There's no way that that's the fastest growing sport in the world. So every time I hear that, I think you're like I say, yeah, show me the stats, and then maybe I'll believe you. That's a crock of shit. Um, but he, he's saying that what what they've created with the UFC is, you know, they got they, they got these fighters that are you know they're they're locked into contracts. They the the, the promoting's done through the UFC. Like essentially the cuts they're getting as opposed to what other boxers are making that, you know, they're fighting these like title fights in their own name and stuff like that is minuscule. Like there's a lot of different, there's a big difference in the amount of money, the amount of cuts that they're actually taking. And essentially Jake Paul is saying like, why can't big UFC fighters, like why do they need the UFC to throw on their fight so they can fight at the UFC 228? Why can't they just hype themselves up and create a a following and and you know sell tickets on their own and then essentially make a ton of more money in the process like why do they need to go through these avenues that like Dana White has I guess monopolized to a degree and 
I guess I never thought of it like that. I'm sure that's like not completely the way he's doing it or why he's doing it. But I mean, it's interesting, very interesting take to see like how, how this is all unfolded. And I mean, like that's his argument saying, why can't fighters promote themselves? But at the same time, I mean, not many of these people are social media personalities like Jake Paul, Logan Paul. And to be honest, a lot of these fighters, I think that if they're trying to fucking promote themselves on social media and get themselves fights, like that's going to definitely take away from their fighting. That's going to take away from their training. So I don't know. It's an interesting argument. Like, um, would things be better off if like something like the UFC didn't exist and we just had people promoting their fights? Like, you know, if, if, if you had a, but that's, that's what I mean. Like, I, as I say this, it just sounds so crazy because, you know, with the UFC and all these leagues, then you get like, then it comes down to like weight class. It comes down, then it's, it's, it, it needs, or, fighting needs organization through all these different levels. Whereas like, I got. I mean, it was cool watching Logan Paul and Mayweather fight, but I don't want to watch a guy that's five foot six fight a guy that's six foot two. It looked hilarious. It it looked like I was watching like a like a a guy try to fight a little kid from across the street. Like the size difference in those two. Like it, forget about like if you thought Logan Paul like didn't look like a good boxer. Like it looked hilarious. It looked like Logan Paul was trying to beat up a little kid. Like the the size difference was wild. So, I mean, if if fighters could find a way to promote themselves but somehow still have like the regulation of weight class and like I guess them fighting the right people, having them like fight the competition that they need to be fought. But how would that work with like rankings and, you know, and title fights? You know, I, that's what I mean. But I think I never thought of it. I used to only just look at Jake and Logan Paul as essentially just like, you know, money seeking, you know, weirdos, tool bags that just, you know, were just saying whatever they could to get views and get likes and, you know, get out there. But I actually gained a little bit of respect for them. And, and you know what? Honestly, it, eventually they will. Like, they're going to have to fight some real fighters here soon. And, and that day will come, I think. But um, until then, I mean, what, what can you say, man? Like, these guys are like, everyone's shitting on them, but everyone's talking about them too, right? So it's kind of hilarious. At the, at the end of the day, like, it hit me right before. I was like, wait, what, what, why don't I just want Logan Paul to win? Like, wouldn't that be wild? Like, why is Mayweather taking this fight other than to make money? Like, what does he have to prove? Imagine, like, you have to, like, so almost I was like, why, why wouldn't I want Logan Paul just to smash his head in? Either or, I'm just saying, get used to it. Because this, this type of shit is, isn't going anywhere. And unfortunately, now every celebrity is going to think that we're all going to want to see them fight for some reason. Not that we didn't already know that was the case, but we're just getting started. So don't, don't think that this isn't going away anytime soon, but... Anyways, it'll be interesting to see how the fighting industry, the fighting world, the business world of fighting, how it's all disrupt, disrupted through all this. It's going to be very, very intriguing to witness. I also just, it's such an intriguing thing, this look, because like every douchebag I know that has a six pack for some reason thinks that they know how to box and everyone just loves shit on Logan Paul being like, look at him, man. Like he looks fucking terrible, dude. He looks like he's not ready to fight at Mayweather's level. He's not as good of a boxer. Boxing is a sport to me that kills me. It's like, it's one of those sports that we all kind of act like we like, we kind of, none of us really pay attention to at all. Not a lot of people are really into it, but we all like to talk about it. Like we know what it is. Or like if any guy that's like somewhat athletic guys that like play sports, like they always like to comment on boxing. Like they think that like, for some reason they have, the ability to speak on it like they know anything about it 
I'll be like, Logan Paul, no, man. Like, but you can you seriously tell me that when you were watching that fight, that he looked like a good fighter? It was just the way his his movement, his head movement. He wasn't keeping his hands up. He wasn't covering his chin. I'm like, shut the fuck up. The only time you've ever been in a fight is when you were wrestling with your little brother before your mother brought you lemonade under the shade tree. So let's shut up and pump the brakes here on the fight talk. I just want to see him fight a real fighter. I'm not saying like Mayweather is obviously a real fighter, but the guy's 408 years old. He's five foot two, and he's been retired for six years. Let's let's get him out there. Let's get him fighting some real boys that are you know at their prime. If, if we want to keep going this route, until then, let's just keep it going there. All right. Big day for uh, the boys. I'm actually heading out to Timmins, Ontario. I'm leaving tomorrow. We are making our way up there. Me and Eric. The Roofing 74 crew, we'll call ourselves. We got a lot of roofs to do up north. And um, time's now. The time is now. We're going up there. I'm taking the show with me, bringing my mic. So the next couple episodes will be coming from the great north. I've actually recorded an episode or two up there before. I think uh, the second or third episode I ever did uh, was recorded up there in Timmins at Star Lake. So I'll be back there at my perch, pumping some content out from the north. Um, it should be a good time. Um, I'm looking to go up there and do nothing but work and go to sleep for about a month. So that should be good. Uh, looking to maybe mix in a couple workouts if I can. I'm going to try to bring my bike up there, get riding that around. I've been really big into cycling lately. I've been loving it. I got into road biking when the pandemic first hit. I uh, The gyms were closed. I had already had a nice um, cruiser bike, like a, the per, like a hybrid bike, they call it. Like a hybrid bike is like what I would... When I think of a hybrid bike, what I'm meaning is like a bike, like a nice, comfortable, good riding bicycle that had sex with a road bike and they had a child. And they don't have the drop bars like the... Oh, like a parcel bike, one of those New York parcel bikes. I had one of those originally. And then when the pandemic hit, I got the pedals moving because I was bored. It was nice to get out of the house and you know see the outdoors once a day for an hour and that was how i started doing it and now i've kept that going and i'm into it and i'm into it so i got a nice bike now and, and i've been doing that a lot and i really enjoy it, uh, it honestly i i think uh you just can't put a honus on how important and how much better you feel when you're getting your cardio in regularly. You got to flush the system, okay? Make sure you're flushing the system. Unfortunately, folks, I'm going to cut this one short. There's an electrician upstairs, and he's working on the kitchen, and um, he's, he's banging the hammer around. I keep pausing it, and um, he's, he's doing something up there, uh, but there was much, not much more I was going to touch on anyways. This is a quick little episode. Here he goes with the hammer. You hear that up there? I'm going to have to go upstairs and start hammering him in the head. So, folks, this is episode number 39. I love you all. Thank you so much for being part of this journey. And we'll be talking to you very soon when we have episode number 40 from the great northern region of Star Lake, Ontario. Talk to you very soon, folks. I love you dearly. Goodbye for now.